Welcome to Coaching the Coach. I'm your host, Pete Townley, for the Upstate Performance Project. Welcome, everybody, back to the show. It's been a few minutes. <laughs> um, been a couple months, actually, since our last episode, but uh, all good things, all productive. Just, uh, you know, you guys know Chelsea and I run the business. Uh, I'd say a nine to five brick and mortar place, but it's more like five to nine as it as it is, uh, especially with our soccer team that we train. But um, I also wanted to take a little time and kind of come up with a new format, uh, something I think will serve more people. You know, our co- our mission has always been on coaching the coach to you know make you a better coach, make those of you who are coaches, personal trainers, all that kind of stuff, better at your craft. And we still want to do that. That's still 100% going to be the the aim and the focus. That won't change. But we are going to add some features into the podcast each time, each episode, that are going to you know be a broader topic for everybody or broader uh, segments for everybody. And so, that being said, uh, I wanted to look at and talk about um, a couple things that. Uh, you know, we're, we're going to be, I guess, more or less general uh, for everybody. But that being said, uh, today we are starting with our normal uh, kind of coaching the coach, bread and butter, you know, some topics that are going to help make you a better coach. Um, but this does apply to everybody. So this could really work for any uh, line of work, but uh, we're going to jump right in. But before we do, uh, please give us a like, uh, follow, subscribe, share, Anything you can do to help us out would be greatly appreciated. If, if, if you've ever listened to our podcast and gotten anything out of it, any positive little nuggets of information that have helped you or that you felt were uh, worth it, please uh, don't hesitate to like, share, subscribe, all of the above. Give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Um, we would really, really, really appreciate that because it does help to grow our channel. Um, and it lets us know that you do appreciate what we're what we're putting out. We want to make sure that you're getting the information that you want that we're able to provide. Okay, so jumping right into today. First segment of the day is just our, our normal coaching the coach segment. That's what I'm going to call it. Uh, the whole podcast obviously is coaching coach, but this is the CTC segment uh, of the day. So <clears throat> one of the things uh, that I've personally noticed recently... Um, is a lot of the online uh, ads that I see are for, um, you know, they're aimed at trainers. They're trying to get them to think about, like, uh, switching over to, um, uh, I don't know if my microphone went off there for a minute, um, trying to get them to switch over to hopefully the the sound is okay with you guys i'll have to check that in post here but um to online training again they're saying are you burnt out trading time for money and you know not knowing how to get clients in and you know just getting burnt out in general with the long hours and and all that kind of stuff and and none of that's incorrect i mean that does happen people they myself included, work a lot of long hours and it can get monotonous, it can get boring, it can get uh, uninspiring, and we can get burnt out. And that does happen. So what do we do? You know, what's the the overall 
theme here. Those ads want you to, well, forget training there. You gotta, you gotta train online and get some back some of your time. And and although that's not incorrect, and I do want to do more online um, for that reason, but I also really enjoy training in person. I'll always have a hybrid model of, of training because I don't want to give up training in person. That's part of what I love: the interaction with the people. Um, if I'm training teams, you know, being there with the whole team as they work, that's that's part of the fun for me, uh, and and Coach Chelsea as well. And so, how do we look at things to get motivated to go in each day? Um, for example, I've got a 10-hour day tomorrow. Uh, that is, I have 10 clients over a 13-hour period, and that is with two clients being out of town. So normally, I'd have a 15-hour day with 12 clients over that span and then an hour for lunch hour for my workout maybe i can put two of those hours together depending on if i'm creative with my time but you get the idea so you do that day in and day out and sometimes it's like oh my gosh it's just such a long day it's such you know and it can be it can lead to those feelings of frustration and it can lead to those feelings of burnout and so you got to have some strategies to help break that up and defeat that. Now, I love what I do. So I'm never frustrated about like, uh, I don't want to go train people. I don't like doing that. Uh, it's not that I don't enjoy my job. I certainly do. What gets to me is the long day. It's I've got, you know, 10 hours of training tomorrow. 10 hours where I'm going to be on my feet, 10 different conversations, 10 different mindsets. It, it, it can be a lot. So a couple different strategies I use. First one is just um, chunking up my day. So breaking it up into thirds or to fourths and kind of looking at each little break that I might have or each little pause in the action and not reward, that's not the right word, but, but look forward to something. So for example, I have four clients uh, back to back to back to back tomorrow starting uh, at 6 a.m. So when I get done, um, with that little break there, I have an hour before another block of, of three clients. Um, and so I'm going to have um, a, a, not allow myself, but I'm going to put in there that little, that one hour break that I have. There's a YouTube video that I've been wanting to watch um, and it has to do with, with training. Not that it, not that it's important that it's related to my you know work, but in this case it is. I've just been putting it off. It's about a 20 to 25 minute video. Um, and I just haven't taken the time to sit down and watch it. It's more informative than it is, you know, straight up entertaining, but I'm looking forward to watching it. I've been wanting to watch it for the last couple days. So I'm putting it in my schedule then so that I know that, okay, I've got four hours right off the bat, but I've got this break and I'm going to watch that video. So I'm looking forward to that. Then I've got three clients in a row. That's another block of my day. And then after that, I'm going to do my workout. That's when I'm going to um, schedule my workout. So I'm looking forward to that, of course. You know, and I uh, I enjoy my workout. So that's not a daunting task to, to get motivated to work out. So, but if that was, then you could even make your workouts really fun. So it's you know more playful, if you will, uh, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But that's something you could jump into uh, to help motivate yourself even more because you're like, oh man, this is going to be a fun one today. So you're really looking forward to it. But I look forward to it just in general. So that 
kind of helps me there. And then, you know, then I have another block of clients and then the end of the day. So I have a couple breaks in the middle of my day that I'm going to fill with things that I enjoy doing. So it helps to break up that day as opposed to just looking at my day, thinking about my day. It's more of the mindset, right? Thinking of my day is like, oh, I've got 10 hours of training, you know, tomorrow. Oh, this is going to suck. It's more about when I'm lying in bed and I'm thinking about my day coming up, I can mentally prepare and say, oh, yeah, I've got 10 hours, but I've only got, you know, two or three here in a row. And then I've got going to watch this video, which I'm excited about. Then I've got another, you know, two or three, and then I'm going to do my workout and then another three or four, and then I'm done. So it, it helps to, to make the day not seem so daunting, which then puts you in a better frame of mind and you're ready for the day. That's one strategy. The other strategy, and this is the one that I probably use more often, um, than not is I look at each as, and, and this is just me. I, I like to plan my day. So I'm not talking about you have to get a, a, a notebook or a, use, you know, your iPad and computer and, and actually program this out or chart this out, but you certainly could. I like to schedule my day mentally as I lay down. That's kind of, kind of what I think about as I lay down for bed. <clears throat> I, I look forward to the next day. So that way I wake up feeling like I know what I'm doing. But again, you think about, oh, I've got 10 hours of clients tomorrow. Oh my gosh, this is just so much. What am I going to do? This is daunting. This is frustrating. This is, you know, exhausting mentally. How am I going to combat this? Well, simple. What I do is I'll take each client and I'll look at their workout and I'll try to find something in that workout or about them personally that I'm looking to, we'll say, uh, Oh, what's the right word that I'm looking to um, advance or or really focus on? That's the right word. Uh, I'm a nice sparkling water. Um, so, for example, in my first block of the day, my first three or four clients. First client, I know he's going to be squatting. That's his main lift of the day. Now we're doing sets of five, but he's been doing really good with his squats lately, and I know he's probably ready for a max uh, test at the end of this block, uh, but he's doing so well recently that I really want to push his squat tomorrow. So I have it scheduled about 80% of his max for, for uh, four sets of five. So I, I might actually push that a little bit heavier tomorrow and see how he feels. And I might not even tell him we're just going to do it and see, see how he feels. <clears throat> but to me, that's exciting. So I can look forward to that particular aspect of his workout. The next person coming in is another long-term client of mine. Um, he's working more on fitness uh, um, from a conditioning standpoint, uh, but tomorrow is kind of an active recovery day. We're going to do more mobility and stretching. This is something he does not do. <laughs> it definitely does not do often enough, and it's going to be a bit of a departure for him, and so I'm. he knows it's coming. So he's looking forward to it and I'm looking forward to teaching them this because I think this is really going to take us to the next level. So it's not just I'm looking forward to his workout. It's that I'm looking forward to how he's going to respond to the increased mobility and things like that. So then third client, she's brand new. I, I've only trained her three or four times now, but every time she's come in with an awesome question, like an exercise science question, she really wants to know. So what I've done 
uh, as I've given I've given some thought to a couple questions that she had, and I've, I've given her kind of like a little outline, so to speak, of, of what I want to talk about. So, excuse me, I got the hiccup. So what I'm going to do is when she comes in, as she's warming up, I'm going to kind of fill her in on a couple things, uh, science-wise, that I know she's really going to dig. And so that helps me look forward to that hour. And then the fourth hour in the morning is a long-time client of mine, probably my longest-standing client. And although our workouts are fun and she's made a lot of progress and does well, I have gotten to know her so well that she's told me things like uh, she's working on a book right now. And uh, I'm just fascinated that she's sitting down to write a book. Um, she works full time and you know, so she's fitting it into her schedule, but it's a passion of hers. She's very excited about it and therefore I'm excited for her and I, I really want to know what she has, you know, what she's been working on the last couple weeks since we last talked about it. So that's, that's my morning right there. So that's four hours and I can look at that. Yeah, that's a pretty normal day. Those are things that I would do most any session, right? But if I focus on something like that, something, whether it's a, 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 a lift, like a goal weight or, you know, just a new program or again, you know, just something about their day uh, or their life that I'm interested in that makes the, the time go by, I can focus on that and that's what I'm looking forward to. So it's like, okay, right, she's coming in. Awesome. We're going to talk about this. It's going to be fun. Or, hey, he's going to come in. We're going to really bump up the squat today. I'm excited to see how he handles that, right? And that just gives you a little bit of, you know, momentum going into each client. And that way you, you stay fresh. There's something to look forward to. Even if you're not changing the program drastically, you're just kind of adding a few things in. That's going to help you stay motivated so you don't get burnt out. And really, that's that's the key, right, is, is to avoid the burnout. That's what that's what the whole purpose of, of these couple tips are, is to give you that, not motivation, that's not the right word, but to give you the, uh, uh, the mentality, the mindset to go into each day excited about what you're going to be doing. Um, because we do know it can get monotonous. So those are just two tips. Nothing, nothing fancy, but tips that I have found that work really well for me uh, to keep me motivated, keep me looking forward to the next day. So next, uh, we have a new segment uh, called Story Time, or we'll call it uh, Coaching Stories. And um, yes, we'll have a have your applause for that. Thank you very much. So we're gonna. We'll work on the sound effects. That, that was just a placeholder for today. I've got some, some uh, music in the pipeline here that we're going to be using for some segment uh, headers. But uh, the applause will do today. Thank you. Uh, so if, if you guys have listened to the podcast for any length of time, you'll know that I've done uh, Story Time with Uncle Pete as a whole separate podcast, um, uh, kind of an accompaniment to some, some things we've talked about that brought up stories. I broke them up into aquatic stories, body composition testing stories, uh, and just some other things. And they were just fun, lighthearted stories, uh, funny stories from you know my experiences in the gym uh, that I thought you guys might enjoy. Well, I want to do that. Maybe not on such a grand scale, but you know every every episode tell a, a, a fun story, whether it's funny or inspirational or you know just a informative. Uh, 
you know, just add some more conversation stuff to it. As we have guests on, this will be a time where we can, you know, get some fun stories from, from them. Uh, maybe you guys can write in when you know what guest is coming and we can have some stuff prepared for the guest. So today, story time is going to be uh, with, uh, with me. And I want to talk about how I got into fitness. And just real briefly, and there's a point to this uh, story. But the, the, the long and short of it is, when I was young, my asthma was fairly bad. And I'm talking like two years old, three years old. I got hospitalized, and uh, my doctor at the time, uh, and we're talking late 70s, early 80s, like literally 79 or 80, uh, my doctor was like, get this boy active, get him swimming as soon as he can, get, you know, that'll build up his lungs, all of these things to, you know, help prevent, you know, future incidents. So my doctor at that time was was fairly progressive. A lot of asthmatics, unfortunately, at that time were relegated to the sidelines. And they look, you know, uh, don't don't uh, don't overdo it. You know, let's load them up with some meds and you know to keep them breathing fine and this and that. And don't get me wrong, I was on my fair share of medications as a kid. But I also uh, thank my doctor. I didn't know it at the time for telling my mom to get me active. So it was swimming. I hated swimming. I never liked being on swim team, but I was on the swim team from, I, I don't know what year, but you know, early eighties all the way through, uh, my freshman year of high school. And it was more about like, um, me just, I mean, I started out doing it for, uh, cause my mom told me to, and you know, I got decent at it. Like I wasn't the best, but I would, you know, play some, I w- would win some, but I was not by any means, you know, going to go to college on a swimming scholarship. But, um, the point is whenever we would, I would go do other things with kids, like, you know, they would want to ride bikes or I would want to go, they would want to play basketball or, or whatever. Um, I would hop into those things, even if I wasn't a basketball player, soccer player, whatever. And I could go all day. My lungs were, had been built up from the swimming. And because of that, I got really excited about fitness because whenever we would have the presidential fitness awards in school, I did really, really well. And it wasn't something that I like set out to do, or I wasn't necessarily thought of as, you know, the best athlete in my class. Um, but there I was, you know, not just beating people, but like, you know, doing really well at all the physical stuff. And that, that gave me a lot of confidence, right? As a kid who had some, you know, health issues, uh, a lot of people thought I was some sickly little kid because I had to go take my inhaler a lot in the middle of the day, uh, just from a random attack. And so I had this self-image of being, um, you know, sickly and, you know, people thought I was weak physically because of my asthma. And, you know, these are all really young kid ideas. It's not necessarily something that had it developed late in life like I would have, but um, you got to remember, I'm in elementary school at this point. Uh, But the Presidential Fitness Award was really the thing that kicked it off because I realized that because of the swimming, because of what I had been doing, I was in phenomenal shape for my age. And when I got to do the pull-ups, I wasn't great at them, but my mom had bought me a pull-up bar and I wanted to get that Presidential Award. I wanted to be the best. 
and I would do these pull-ups every day in my in my door frame as I would walk by and I got good at pull-ups and I got good at you know a lot of the stuff that required you know some aerobic capacity and it just really gave me a sense of identity now it's not to say that I was better than everybody else in my class or I was some super stud athlete but it fitness and being physically fit was something I identified with at a very early age and it gave me a ton of confidence and again I didn't walk around like I was Billy Badass thinking I can beat everybody in anything because I couldn't and I didn't think I could but I I walked around with a lot of confidence because I knew I was very physically capable any kind of physical thing that that you know was put in front of me I knew I could do and that felt good and so I look back at that, you know, story you know, to, the reason I'm telling the story is, you know, when, whenever I go back and, and I'm kind of looking at writing a program for myself and what do I want to look at, you know, I always like to incorporate things I like to do, right? That's, that's something a big, that's huge in my programming um, philosophy is, is picking exercises you like, uh, things you're, you're going to be, you know, successful with, but also things that are going to be, um, you know, make the workouts something you look forward to, like I said earlier. And so, you know, think about, take, take a few minutes and think about what got you into fitness. What, what was it? Was there something that got you into fitness that, you know, maybe you, you did and now you're, you're doing something completely different? Like I used to do a lot of running. Um, I'm way more, you know, strength-based now. Uh, and I, I would say I'm definitely more suited for strength and power, more fast twitch kind of stuff. But, um, but when I do those long endurance exercises, when I do them regularly, that is, um, my body feels really good. And I'm, I'm not bad at it. I, I'm not setting any records running, but I can go forever when I get in that groove. Um, and I attribute that to all of the swimming and all of the cardio base that I put in uh, as a youngster. Um, so anyways, just want to give you guys a little bit of background, but food for thought. Think about what got you into fitness and you know, maybe comment on our uh, uh, direct messages or, excuse me, I've got the hiccups, or comment uh, below on the, uh, <clears throat> here on Podbean, and, and let us know what, what got you into fitness. What was your uh, entry to the fitness world? Okay, now we are moving on to our science section. So, yes. Again, we're going to have some different placeholders there or different uh, headers for the each segment. But uh, we're trying to do something new, trying to have different segments throughout the podcast. Uh, so we had our, store, we had our main uh, CTC section, coaching the coach section. We had story time, science, and then there's our, we're going to do some motivation for you at the end. But a real quick science one today. This is from the, the Journal of Strength and Conditioning from the National Strength and Conditioning Association, NSCA. Well, I'm a proud member of, um, and some, there's been a couple different things that came out recently that I thought are, would be interesting to talk about. Um, and first and foremost that we were looking at, uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll link the studies, uh, in the description here, but I'll also, uh, post it on our, on our, um, Instagram page as well. So you can see those studies, um, and, and read, you know, if you're interested, you can read the full thing. Uh, but I, I wanted to bring it up because there were one talked about um, RPE, rate of perceived exertion, using uh, RPE as a predictor of workout intensity, 
um, and uh, uh, strength gains, getting stronger, getting bigger. And basically, the study, you know, looked at uh, using a prescribed progression, like a, ba- a percentage-based progression of workouts. Like, did you, you know, so so the the half the group got a program that was uh, pre-designed for them. They were going to go it, and I don't remember the exact percentages, but they were, you know. 70% one week, then 75, then 80, then 85. They, they went up in a linear style progression. Um, and again, I'll, I'll link the details later so you can read it. But the gist of it was there was a pre-prescribed progression uh, of, of strength and, and weight intensity uh, versus a pr- rate of perceived exertion by, as, as by the, the, the lifter. And so the lifter said, um, you know, they would rate it on a scale of one to 10, 10 being maximum effort, uh, seven to nine being, you know, fairly hard. Um, you know, and I think it was, uh, five to seven was moderate and so on and so forth on the way down to, to a zero, which was basically nothing. So these lifters, all, uh, all, all groups improved, um, their lifts, they all got stronger. They all added a little bit of, of uh, muscle mass in the, in, I think it was an eight-week study. And so that was cool. You know, that was good to see. That was probably to be expected, right? But what it did say was that the RPE group, the, the one that used the rate of perceived exertion, rated fewer high-intensity sessions. In other words, when when you use a pre-programmed, um, a pre-selected um percent-based program or something like that, what what you were doing is you were having um, kind of a box that these athletes were, would work in. And the problem can be, and, and although the vast majority of people would progress and do well with that, so it does work well when you have large groups, but what it does, does not do is in, take into consider the individuality of your athletes. So if you have a group of football players and you're trying to get them stronger and you're having them do, you know, linear squat progression, it, it'll work for most of them, but it may not work for everybody. It may not work optimally for everybody. So, um, they suggested that if I had anything say, um, you know, that was what I would consider as the coach high intensity. So would say, would say, you know, anything probably north of 80%, uh, would be, rated as heavy or a high intensity, a, a, a nine, eight or nine out of 10 on the RPE in, in our, in our minds as the coaches. But what, what the study says was the, the ones that were rating, you know, exercises by difficulty with the RPE scale, that's how they were using that to progress. So if they rated it a little bit lighter, then they would bump it up. If they said that was hard, they'd keep it the same and, you know, so on and so forth. But the end of the at the end of the study, they found that the ones that were using the RPE scale felt like to them they had fewer heavy days, fewer days that they felt were high intense, like super high intense days. And so what what that meant was throughout the program, they felt like they weren't working out near as hard, even though they had the same amount of gains. And what that means is 
we might be pushing some of our athletes too much on a percent-based program. Now, that's not the that's not what the study said. That was kind of like the food for thought. Uh, they didn't test for that. Obviously, more there's a lot of other factors that go into it. But the, at the end of the day, their their suggestion was if you use the RPE scale, you can get just as good of strength and hypertrophy gains over the same amount of time without having as many heavy high intense days, meaning your athletes will have more time to recover. Uh, they'll feel better. They might be able to do extra accessory work, other things, because they're not so fatigued. Um, and so that is very advantageous. So again, just something to think about. And I'll, I'll link the study so you guys can read it in depth. I, I may have gotten some of those numbers a little bit off. Um, again, when I do the science here, I, I'm not trying to bore you guys with numbers. Uh, I know some of you coaches love it, and I know some of, sometimes you want to come and, and hear hard facts. I definitely have the numbers. I have the facts. I have the studies. I would be more than willing to talk at depth into all of this stuff with you. Uh, so if there's ever anything you want me to go in more detail, again, comment or, 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 or let me know in a direct message on our Instagram. Uh, and or just, you know, like I said, shout it out. Hey, tell me more about that or, or send me that study. And, and, and I'll get you what I'm talking about so we can we can have that discussion. But again, I'm trying to make the podcast a little bit more accessible to everyone, so I don't want to bore people with all the details and all the, the numbers. But I do have them. That's important. I do have them. Um, so if you want to see it, uh, I will get you that information. Um, so uh, that being said, that's our, that's our science uh, spot for the day. And that leads us to the last segment of the podcast today, uh, which is going to be the motivational minute. Oh. Uh-oh. That's not a good one at all. We don't like that. Let's say the motivational minute. Uh, let's use this today. Oh, the drum roll. All right. I'm just having fun playing around with some sound effects. Um, so motivational minute. Now this is not necessarily strictly geared towards men, but the genesis of this idea came from seeing, um, watching videos, uh, and, and the ads that keep coming up are, uh, I see a lot of programs now that are aimed at men to help men find their inner masculinity and, and to really, you know, dig deep and be a man and, you know, explore that. And, and I, don't get me wrong, uh, I like that idea. I, I, I really do. So I, that's not a knock on that. I'm not going to sit here and trash that because I like the idea of, of that. Um, but it's been very derivative. I remember probably 15 years ago, 10 years, uh, 2000, you know, what, what, 2022. Yeah. So yeah, 10, uh, 11, 12 years ago, um, go ruck. Uh, was was one of the first that I saw. Now, I'm not saying they were the first. There may have been more before that. I don't know. Uh, but that's the first I saw. Um, was this, you know, and it was not just for men. Go Ruck was for anybody. But it, you'd have these cadres of people that would go out and experience, like, some really hardcore, you know, training. It was kind of like an adventure race mixed with, you know, boot camp. And... And it looked cool. I mean, I was totally on board. I wanted to do one. I, I never did do one. Um, you know, time and money were always a factor for me. But 
I wanted to. It looked like something I would enjoy. And over the years, I've seen several other of these type things come up. Some of them add a little bit different elements to it. Like some add more tactical elements where it's um, shooting guns and learning about that kind of fighting styles. Some of them are, again, just almost straight ripoffs of Goruk. Um, but the general theme is, you know, you got to explore. And, and again, some of them are, are definitely geared towards men. Some of them are, are not. But the ones that I've seen recently are definitely for men who really want to get the most out of their masculinity and, and find out, you know, really what it is to be a man. You've got to be a protector, a warrior, but you've got to have a sensitive side. All of these things, which I agree with. Um, I'm not disagreeing with it. But the motivation part here today, what I really want you to think about, and this is something that I've really been been chewing on. So this is something that's going to be an evolving idea over the next, you know, maybe four or five podcasts as I really think about it, think it through. But I wanted to kind of touch base, so to speak. What What is it that, you know, and I'm not going to say men, because uh, this, is, this is for all humans. What is it that we want to be as humans? And I think it's different for everybody, right? You know, everything's, there's not one like men should be this, women should be this, or as humans, we should be this. It has nothing to do with that. But like, what, what is it, what should we aim for in terms of, you know, just life in general? Obviously, we, we want a work-life balance. We want to get um, uh, better at uh, interpersonal relationships. We want to get better at business. We want to make sure that, um, you know, we take care of our kids uh, should we want to have them, which um, I think we should. Kids are good. Kids are fun. Uh, I've got three myself. Um, but the idea is there are things that we um, can start to outline. Like what, what should we as humans strive for? Is there something we should strive for? And so I'm putting this under the motivational minute because I want you guys to be inspired. I want you guys to think about life in general and what your, and this is again, this is very personal. This is by no means uh, coming up with a list of things that if you do this, then you've figured out life or you're going to be successful. Uh, I'm not trying to promote that. What I'm trying to promote is there should be some things, some foundational things that we all as humans could strive for that will help us achieve the life that we feel is best for us, right? So there's going to be some, a lot of differences on what that overall life looks like from person to person. I'm an outdoorsy guy. There's some people that aren't. That doesn't mean that I'm more manly or I've, I've figured life out better than other people. No. What that means is that's what I want to do. So there's got to be some some things that I want that I need to do, right? Obviously, I need to work on my cardiovascular fitness so I can go hike the mountains I want to hike, right? So that's got to be an important tenant to me. That's not necessarily an important tenant to everybody. But what is? Let's scrape it down to the bottom, the, the common denominators uh, that are going to make us better humans, right? So my what I want to motivate you guys or what I, what I want to use as motivation. That's why I'm putting it in the motivational minute is I want to, I want to challenge you to come up with some, some things. This will be a good mental exercise and it's going to make you think about what you want out of life. And then how are you going to get there? 
And then once you know how you're going to get there, what are some of the common denominators between how you're going to get to where you're going to go and how I'm going to get to where I want to go? And that could be vastly different. Now, just spitballing here. This is by no means definitive, and this is by no means um, the, uh, the, the first steps. Uh, this is just off my dome, right? I think every human should be physically fit to the point. Now, I'm not talking should have certain bench press numbers or certain mile times, but physically fit to be able to handle, you know, uh, most life experiences. So that's very generic, right? Um, but it's hard to describe in the sense, you know, without making it, uh, without putting any hard numbers on there. I'm not trying to put hard numbers. I'm trying to put like um, parameters such as I want to make sure that, you know, I can play with my grandkids, you know, should I have any. I want to be able to go on a hike any day I want. I want to be able to go in the gym and lift weights and not be sore for 10 days. So there's certain things that we should be doing uh, and preparing ourselves for uh, so that if life throws us curveballs, if there's a zombie apocalypse, if there's anything like that, that, that I'm ready, that I'm ready to handle it. And the main reason for me, and this is me, so, so I'm going to depart and tell you mine for just a second. I don't, I don't know that I can truly live the lifestyle I want and be who I know I can be and, and serve how I want to serve. Whether that be serving other people or serving God or serving myself. Unless I'm physically fit, unless I'm where I need to be physically. In other words, you go back and I've used this example before. You're on a plane and when they give you the safety spiel and they talk about the um, using the uh, uh, putting on the the mask, uh, the air mask on yourself before you put it on your kids. You know, the idea is if you pass out trying to help your kids, then you then you're all messed up. But if you take care of yourself first, then you are well suited to help everybody. And I really like that metaphor. I really that's something that has stuck with me. So I am thinking, okay, what are the things that I need to do? What's the the life mask or the the air? Oh, what's the name of it? The air mask? The the, the drop down mask? What's that uh, for for life? What's 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 the metaphor there? And Again, I think it starts with the physicality, but I, I don't want to put any numbers to it. So again, just spitballing ideas here, right? I know this is kind of a random non sequitur idea here, but let's think about that. Let's take some time to think about that and take some time to um, kind of flush it out and, and uh, let me know what you're thinking and we'll talk more about it on the next time. So we are done with the podcast. Oh, yeah, I know you're sad. Sorry, I had to get one more effect in there. Okay, you guys have a great day. I will talk to you soon. I'm out.